We have some enlightenment special for the day before I let you go. I'm debating how to introduce our lovely topic. It's a very fiery one and I'm actually debating our, our previous recording. Although I enjoyed it, I have to say, quite entertaining, but the essence of what I wanted to share can be eloquently expressed and a little bit more educational than uh, in a smart-ass tone, if I may add. So what I primarily want to enlighten anyone who actually is interested in being a person is that most people choose fear, if not all. I've seen only recently a little bit of like people's head coming out of the shell and you know like when you see just a little bit of the eyes of a little chick that's about to be born and the reality is the 5D mystic and the enlightenment soul age group when we meet people we always know their higher potential meaning the whole chick because we're all one people but we know a pure heart and we're all pure hearts thing is we know of their pure heart and of all people, but they have defectiveness at their heart and this feeling that is this shame that is something they will have created a lot of different ways to mask. And uh, the reason why the previous episode got so up and smart ass is because of the different examples I gave. I just don't feel that I want to share that necessarily because shame is a very serious uh, deal. The thing is, I came across this technology that they created, and it made me think of how people, I've not seen people choose love ever. And when I say this, what I mean is I have not seen people look at me and speak of themselves and of life and humanity with the awareness that we're all imperfect and flawed, and that's okay because that's exactly what it means to be a human and our species evolves and it evolves through the growing of knowledge the growing of understanding how life works with science and that spirituality and spiritual stuff are stories now i was raised with jesus and jesus stands for me as love i am today a person who does not have a story for when i will die because i know i will come back again since i know my future life um but i also know of it related to the energetic imprint that we all are part of this is a uh, fabric of energy called consciousness i don't know yet enough of that caa document that i wanted to read but i know that our lovely community in the world studies it which is normal because they have science that studies the field so i know of plank and and all that and i know of the middle group which likes to still use the story of spiritual with the universe and and, and source and all that so i i bring together human spiritual and spirituality because i have experiences in all three my spirituality person is Sadhguru, and that is what I always want you to remember. For spiritual metaphysics, esotericism, I have active clairs all the time. They keep growing, and I also learn uh, from the embodied philosophy. Uh, they have a lot of different courses, and I have finished the Awakened Embodied Certificate, but I have other courses that I'm taking right now. The energy therapy one then there's uh the other one on sound i got polyvagal theory i have five or six uh, not to mention my 
holistic life coach certificate and mindfulness but that's with natural something so those are to support me as a mentor for those of you who will want to join a mentorship program or just to have those in the future and because they teach me new information that I want to integrate and I I might use the uh, title meditation teacher which is fine since uh, inner growth mindset it's the basis of everything we do the reality is the basis is to help you be yourself and that's where I was going nobody has chosen to be their their self because when you say this they think they need to change people who have defectiveness as their starting point think they need to change without realizing they have a shame cycle and the difference for those of us who are not ever in a space of defectiveness is I'm imperfect and I'm okay with that Uh, there's nowhere that I need to feel ashamed of being imperfect And the fact that others don't know this to us, the people who are over here, is like, wow, really? What the fuck? What's wrong with you? Like, as a teenager, this is how I was like, what what are you doing? Uh, And (laughs) that's why, like I said, the other podcast is way more explicit on, on on these feelings that I have had since I was a teenager. And, you know, what's sad is when people who live with shame go out of their way to prove someone like me wrong without even knowing that they're not going to prove me wrong because I'm right when I say that people choose fear and actually it's funny because they prove me right when I actually want people to choose love it's very sad to see that because it's very easy for someone instead to learn the psychoeducation and get out of the myths and the stereotypes and the stories, but apparently a story is too good to be true. So, you know, a story that is a horrible story uh, must be the the real one, not the, uh, you know, perfection that can happen when you actually know pure love. That's very sad. When people don't fight for love, They fight thinking they are fighting for something, but they're actually just choosing fear. Running off in the middle of nowhere after realizing that you have completely fucked something up. Yeah, that reminds me of the different stories that Sadhguru shares. There's the one that realizes he fights for vengeance, but it's all about him. The man that gets chased by his wife and he's hiding under the bed and saying, I chose to hide here. The king that basically the wise man laughs at him and he's like, don't you know, your your whole true, your whole people, the troop here could go against you and kill you. They have weapons. And he's like, oh, no, what should I do? Well, just lock yourself up is what he tells or he says, you know, go to the room, close the door, build a build a wall. And the king's about to go do that. And he's like, but wait a minute, then I'll be locked up. He's like, why do you think this is life? And, you know, there's many people, they, they talk about reprogramming their brain. They talk about how they're anointed and special ones and they know everything with their clairs. Uh, the ones who talk to me about psychology, but they really don't know the good stuff. They only know the limited people who are letting them stay within modulated or dysregulated embodied experiences because they're the ones who say emotions are stupid. Don't listen to anybody who talks to you about compassion. It's like, okay, that's not going to be good. But hey, uh, keep on allowing your body to basically stay safe because it's better for your only eyes to peek out because you can't handle the emotion of defectiveness take ownership of it and know you're not defective just imperfect like any other person 
but that that feeling of heartbreak, gut wrench, and torn apart is an infant who was in a household where the loneliness of being in the disconnection with the caregiver brought about a natural fear because there was a fear that was accurately perceiving the fact that that caregiver was not and is not necessarily dependable because they can't give you the attachment you need. And that's not because they're an evil person, because they didn't know that they weren't giving you the attachment, contingent communication, and stuff like that. So they're, they're, this shame, this defectiveness is not an evil anything. It's an actual way, the developmental strategy of the body of an infant to help a person that would be any of those people who have it to actually be able and feel defective and that creates a cognitive belief, I'm unworthy, because otherwise the mind would have gone insane to think that the one lifeline to life, which is those caregivers who's not dependable, is the one who's not. There's just no, there was no other way for the way that attachment researchers explain this and the good psychoeducators is that this illusion, this conviction and belief is an illusion created, it's erroneous, but it's also a feeling and it is something that you can move out of once you're seen by a person who unconditionally loves you for who you are with your imperfections and flaws. But it is that moment that the person can claim that fragment. And that's only when a person's actively doing personal development with either the knowledge that they have this unworthiness and they can get out of the feeling of it completely or not. <laughs> And the reality is most people are not out of this. I mean, every time I'm learning something from the trauma experts, they consistently tell me how people are stuck in these traumatic responses, even when they're not having to be, that they negotiate with people to get them out of hell, meaning to try and keep them in session. They negotiate with their patients to try and keep them going back to therapy because those people will get upset at them. There will be areas that they will think oh well now i'm done and the therapists obviously know of the self and how much more there is to do but the person does not know that their well-being is actually not achieved yet because they're too busy using that lovely and it's not so lovely but their loop thinking which creates a biochemistry of fear but they will not think of it as fear because it will be masked with this idea of vengeance or spite or this idea of righteousness, this idea of um, even resentment. People will justify a gazillion ways that they talk about life and this hero-villain journey, this uh, living in one's head, reiterating in a loop belief systems and stories with an emotion and... So again, choosing fear is what I've seen people do. It's only recently that I get to see some of those loved ones from my circle to actually embrace more of who they are. The self of them, the self of every one of us is actually pure consciousness. And being the adult version of yourself would be you being able to know you're imperfect and flawed and feel it's okay no conditions in your body be like yeah i fucked up what do you want you're going to do something what are you going to spank me are you my parent what do you want 
it's not a cockiness, by the way. It's more of, I have my own ways of thinking and feeling. You have your own ways of thinking and feeling. No big deal. There's a way that people who actually hold true self-empowerment. Now, this happens with the topics that are not personal. Get to the topics that are personal. Then you'll note how many don't actually have true self-empowerment, not even remotely close. So, seeing those little eyes... For those of us who are full-on chicks, like, wow, so nice to see them breathe a little bit. My gosh, how long? And that's not even consciously, by the way. It's through, I'm reprogramming my brain. I'm studying this thing over here. I'm anointed over there. Oh, I'm doing the yoga that's going to make me fabulous. So it's, <laughs> oh, so many times we just have, again, appreciation that they get to see a little bit of life and i say this with all due respect to all people not that they will know any better by the way the beauty of knowing that people don't know any better besides whatever it is that they've told themselves is actually quite accurate so i i'm used to being told oh i'm sorry so do you know everything no i don't i'm just sharing with you my opinion though you asked you want to know here it is you don't like it it's okay I love when people and I can talk about stuff we don't like. That's the best. Best friendships are those. When we can actually sit together and I accept that my views are considered stupid because they are not definitely in any way, shape, or form using uh, the left mode at all. Not even a little bit. Nope. I don't do regurgitation in that way. Even though if you would, if you would have heard the other episode, you would have heard me do a very good example. It was very funny, but yeah, too much, too much Kali in it. So... I'm going to keep this one going and, and share with you what uh, tidbits I remember from that one. Choosing fear is what most people, if not all people that I've met, have ever done. They will think they have not, but like those stories where uh, the one guy who gets up to the mountain and realizes, oh, I fought for justice, but I was not fighting for justice. It was all egoic and he lays down and dies. That's a wimp right there for us because instead of owning to the, oh, wow, I actually thought I was unworthy and defective, and then I went and created a story, instead of believing that love was true or that things were true or that things were whatever it is, because sometimes it will be an actual way a person will have tainted a lot of things. And there is a realization. So when you can finally take ownership of like, wow, I actually had a whole way that I was pretending that I was where I wanted to be. So the man underneath the bed with the wife who's chasing him, I choose to hide underneath the bed. I choose to be on the man of the house. So that's another way people don't recognize um, their own stories. You can recognize that you are actually yourself when you're vulnerable with a heart that knows there is no right or wrong. With a heart that knows there is unknown and uncertainty and that's frightening and upsetting and that um, there's always going to be potential for your brain to have fear of failure, of self-doubt. 94% of people have unwanted thoughts. It's because they don't work with their defectiveness, shame, unworthiness feeling in the body. So this is a heart at the heart. When you have unconditional love and you're imperfect at the heart, it's a very different way we navigate. We don't have self-doubt. We have what is called, huh, I'm contemplating a decision. Do I think I made the right decision? Will I know if I made a wrong? 
does it make a difference? Nope, not a little bit, because I'm just going to have to decide. What do I decide? I'm going to go for it. And this is why when we're given advice, people say, you don't listen to anyone. No, I don't. If I want advice, I'll let you in. But hey, I'm thankful that you care about me enough to <laughs> let me in on what you think. And even if we do have doubt, when we have it, what we do is like, okay, so I'm going to write the pros, I'm going to write the cons, and then I'm going to make up my mind. And no matter what, it's still going to be right because I chose so. When you move beyond all belief systems, by the way, so for me, I know that once I die, I die. I won't be Maria again. And I do know I'll be back, but that's where I won't remember being Maria specifically. Maybe I'll have the ability to tap into this. Uh, maybe not. It doesn't matter. When I have tapped into my future, I know who the people are that are with me, but I didn't get to see me, me. So I still don't know what I look like. And what I do know from my past lives, yeah, there I, I knew what I looked like, actually. That one's cute, because some of them, well, no, wait a minute, did I know? Nope, I didn't. I was living them. Anyways, so those, those are cool, and uh, I'm sure I'll have more to come in the future. But what I was trying to get at, even when we will have, like, ah, oh, maybe I shouldn't have, yeah, well, I learned from it. So we don't actually sit in any type of feeling of defectiveness. While I know a lot of people who, to this day, right now, like I said, they're peeking their eyes out, like, wow, thank goodness they're breathing. And this is where, compassionately speaking, what I saw was this video about a technology that was created recently by Harvard or MIT, MIT, not Harvard, MIT does the tech stuff. And it actually hacks the uh, gut-brain axis. And immediately I was like, wow, that's great. Because people that don't know how to choose love and get completely out of their defectiveness shame cycle, they will at the very least have the opportunity to feel what it's like to have a body that has some form of not stuff like heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart. Meaning that they can get some type of well-being and or get some help in an area that they will most likely at that point, not I shouldn't say most likely, but again, the percentage of people that believe you have to have human suffering is beyond a reasonable doubt for now the majority versus hearing what the explanation is of how the brain works and the nervous system but then again, here's where I'm speaking from me, Maria, with a restorative embodied self and an integrated mind. So I will let you in on a little fun fact. Some of us don't suffer. I have yet to hear another human being say that, which is why, but obviously I can't scout all of the internet and have all this time. If you know of anybody who will claim because they will know feelings, excuse me, let me specify it means that you don't have any part of your idea that emotions are torture. Obviously, if you've been through any physical turmoil, that's going to be suffering, okay? I just want to let me spell that out. To me, human suffering means I'm in a war zone. I have, So that's suffering like for me, even though when I look at the way the psychoeducators explain it, you only have human suffering in a modality that your brain works. So this is where there's self-blame, shame, there's self-guilt, these secondary emotions, you're in a loop, okay? So it's only when the brain is in a loop and you're in your temporal junction. So the explanation of human suffering is the brain and the way that it works in a biochemistry of fear because of this loop thinking. But some people have challenged me on that. So I'll expand, not because I want to, because I don't 
believe in it. I believe in the way that the psychoeducators have taught me. So only minds that have these loop thinking are in this rumination, which equates human suffering. Those of us who do not have loop thinking, that's why we don't know human suffering. But a person who's in a physical war, they might have something different, rightly so, to tell me, which is why I'm saying, if somebody's in peril, I'm going to consider that suffering personally. In fact, that's the only way I consider it suffering. If I'm underneath a truck, and see, here's where, though, the psychoeducators would say, would say, no, you're in physical pain, like Sadhguru, when he explained, even in physical pain, there doesn't have to be suffering. And he actually does a really great job at explaining it, which is very true, because he explains how if you take focus away and you're not thinking about it you won't be in suffering which is correct in the modality that the ones who are again psychoeducators explain how the brain works but in order to leave it open to those who don't believe in this i'm just saying you can equate suffering obviously to people who are in situations of physical peril but i know that there's a difference so not everybody who's in physical peril will actually have suffering and they but only they can say it i can't make claims for them and i would never ever ever do that but for me my body my brain i will tell you i don't know human suffering and when emotions arise i know how to handle them and i know how to ask for support and i know how to accept when people will attack criticize judge me and actually be completely beyond a shadow of a doubt, unnecessarily not nice in any way, shape, or form in moments where I'm actually spilling out my heart and soul in a way that is completely embarrassing, by the way, and never, ever once, actually, not even remotely, be compassionate or caring and take ownership in any way, shape, or form, emotionally, mentally, physically, like none, none whatsoever of any of it. And I actually understand how defectiveness and shame basically keeps people stuck in choosing fear because their biochemistry of fear is their own mental prison and they're creating of a hero villain story versus actually using their words to speak and using their actions to share that they care and doing things that equate what is nature for us as human beings which is we love each other so we can talk about important emotions but most people don't recognize that they don't know how to talk about their truth at all so as i was saying thank goodness for technology because those people will be given a sigh of relief and i have relief for them i actually was like wow the 4d they're going to tell us how the reptilians have won and yeah technology is going to take on over because most people don't choose love they choose fear because Facing their own shame requires not only to have a person who's compassion beyond reason, which the Enlightenment Soul Adri person is. I am. I raise my hand. I have never turned my back on a friend. I have never turned my back on anyone. One friend alone I chose not to speak to, but it was only for five years when they were in the shithole and they reached out. And my hunch already knew so, but again, they reached out. I said yes. We talked it out. We made up and we are even better friends than before but the point is that's the only person in my entire life and I didn't turn my back on them I said to them I'm not going to speak to you anymore you've disrespected our friendship they kept on disrespecting it anyways they didn't really give a shit they put up their clown face they had their woman they were doing what they wanted they didn't need me until 
They were in the shithole, losing their money, lost their business, lost a girl who basically dumped them at the altar and had no friends, still has no friends. They have me and they're now partner in life. And I'm very happy that they're happy. In fact, my heart rejoices. I got to learn something very important from my five years, which is how much (laughs) I was upset at my friend, of course, because see, we don't love people because they need to do something specific. But the way that my friend did everything, they lied to me. They hid stuff from me. They made me out to be a fool in groups. We were with group. This is not the only person. This is actually a recurring theme, which I already know about. This is why those lovely pink tainted glasses, they still are on, but we add the lovely dark glasses to be able to see better so that we avoid using our time with those who do not actually want our unconditional love. They will, of course, take it. Who doesn't take love? Anyone who finds a safe haven or a safe base is going to enjoy being loved because that defectiveness is not always on for I want to take revenge and be mean and spiteful to you. Sometimes it's on in a way of, wow, this feels nice to actually be loved. So that whole on and off, it all depends. If they're in a good mood, then they're like, oh, I get to be pampered with this love. If they're in a bad mood, oh, that's a bitch. I'm not gonna, it, it all depends on what they want in that moment. So we won't feel any of that, meaning to a person who's an independent human being, your behavior is yours. And so as long as it's not something that affects my physical life, I won't really be affected emotionally because I'll be able to recognize, like my friend, to this day I tease him with the word asshole. He's an asshole. So even as we hung out, before they began lying and hiding and then doing all they did, they knew they're an asshole. I know they're an asshole, but they're an asshole I love. And so this is where the joke was, are you done being an asshole? This person also is very intuitive. And that's what kind of made it even more important because they knew how I emotionally felt and they continued to disregard talking to me from the heart, but treating me in a specific way. And that was dismissing the emotions that were behind. So long story short, I don't want to talk about this story too much since my regular listeners know about it anyways. During those years where we did not chat, I did not block them. They had the audacity once they basically figured out that what I advised them was true to write me in a spiteful manner because I was right about what they should have decided versus what they did decide. Here's a perfect example of choosing fear, choosing shame, choosing the facade because a person actually is not aware of their opportunity to expand consciousness. This person in that moment in life when them and I reconnected before we stopped talking, they were being given an opportunity to expand. They had been left by their girlfriend after 14 years they were down and in the dumps and they were able to come out and be with friends and they could have taken time to basically get into an expanded version again because you want to heal meaning move beyond something that just happened you just had a disconnect this is very important so when people care about themselves they will tend to their emotions adaptive children don't do that The shame cycle people don't do that. 
The ones who have defectiveness don't do this. They do inner critic, outer critic, then they deny through compulsive activities, sex, drugs, alcohol, and food. And my friend, sex, drugs, alcohol, never with me drugs because I don't do drugs, but they definitely had a way to ensure they kept busy. And they did tell me they, do, they did do drugs at the time, which I was like, dude, seriously, that's not cool. Meaning... I didn't know that about you, and I think that your body needs you to not to do that kind of stuff, but they were like, ah, I challenge my body, okay, fine, uh, go for it, I guess, uh, what can I tell you, I can't force you to not do something that is not good for you, since I'm not your mother or father, nor do I want to be, uh, the part about their patterns, though, I also shared with them their Achilles heel, the fact that their idea equates life and my muse of life is only a woman and it is only a type of woman and only a type of lifestyle so they were being given an opportunity to dismantle that and that's with a friend that cared about them still cares okay so long story short they don't make that choice no no what they choose to do is get into an, another relationship after having been advised it's not really ideal yet for you i think you might want to wait then coming back around two years later, letting me in on a little fun fact, I've been cheated on, uh, you didn't know that was going to happen, why are you telling me while I'm at a funeral, are you happy now, no I'm not happy of your misery, that's kind of assholeish for you to say, but then again it's normal for you to be upset at me because I was right, but hey I'm not going to be the one speaking it, and in fact what I should have gotten the message was, Maria I'm so sorry, I was a bit of an asshole, and can we talk do you ever have time to talk can we talk no i get the the are you happy that i've been cheated on and uh, it was like no i'm not and i thought you and i were not really friends anyway since we're not on talking basis so i'm so sorry that this happened to you and i don't know what i can do i'm at a funeral i'm sorry fast forward they are left after having made all the reservations to get married and their business fails. So now they get their second awakening because see the people who are 5D mystics, we already know a thing or two about expansion of consciousness in more than just one way. But at that second moment, this was the beginning of a specific journey for all of humanity, if you will. And my friend was in the shithole again. And this time even worse than obviously something small as being left from your teenage girlfriend and i do mean this because even for my friend i mean it no big deal they got better in in their life thanks to moving into grown-up land um but they still chose fear when they treated in the clownish way they did our friendship long story short when they came around we cleared the air and that was something that I learned simply one thing that they, people are afraid of rejection. And my friend is very good at hiding it, as are other people. So once again, I learned how people choose fear. And that was not the last time I saw people choose fear. No, no. I saw choosing fear with all of the lovely twin flames, all of the soulmates, all of the oversoul. And that's where, as I said, when I saw this technology that can hack the gut-brain axis, I was like, oh, at least some people will find half of soulless in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, here's where the spirituality process is not what they will access, but that's okay, because the spirituality process is going to be explained in future 
by science since they are already doing it. And when I think of how Patrick McNamara explains the self, and he allows us to know that it's the right frontal temporal area region, and that is the biological center of the self. It is the part that inhibits other areas, so it regulates the higher critical functions of us, our brain, and the lower repetitive drives. So the higher functions include memory, um, it's working memory, language, all of that. And so, yeah, the hacking of anything is going to be possible. And I do understand when Sadhguru shares his thoughts on the whole, you know, using psychedelics, we've talked about this one too, where I have mixed feelings. And it's not because I don't know what Sadhguru is talking about. I love working with my own body. I don't enjoy my panic attacks, but I love knowing that I can figure it out because it is a not ability to discharge energy effectively. That's all. So I get to learn how to expand my energy charge. And I understand a person like Sadhguru who has access to this beautiful inner world. What I've seen is that people don't have the same strength because they don't have love in their heart. They make up excuses. Their idea of strength is anger. Their idea of strength is revenge. Their idea of strength is spitefulness. Their idea of strength is gossiping. Their idea of strength is actually acting like clowns and buffoons. Their idea of strength are everything but strength. As the one otherwise guy said, I forget what his name is, strength is not a rock, it is water, because water can penetrate and anyone who is wise in any way, shape, or form will use their words of wisdom. I'm trying to explain it. And it means you being able to be compassionate beyond reason. So when someone's treating you in a horrible way because they don't recognize that their clownish behavior is their own defectiveness, shame, trying to dissolve, and they're choosing to create a story, well, guess what we know is that their story is a story and it's a bullshit one. And they're making up a very good number of excuses of why they're going to justify their behavior. And then, once they're done, sit in the whining of what shame is and just say, I will regret for the rest of my life everything that I've done. And there you go with the stories of that one dude from Sadhguru who goes up to the mountains after he's figured out, oh my gosh, I fought the wrong fight and I killed people that I should have never killed. And instead of actually taking true ownership, which means coming clean and actually facing with a pure heart, life and moving, no, no, let me go down. And, and, and you know, here's the other part. You only have this life to live who you are. So the reality is they've given up on it again. So shame is what takes place. And shame is nothing more than a person who was defeated as an infant. But the defeated infant was not born from the devil or evil. It's an actual physiological way that the body protects a poor child who's in a household with a parent and or more that just doesn't know how to be a good caregiver because they didn't get one either. They didn't get the ability to attach to a calm nervous system, to a ventral vagal nervous system person, to a restorative embodied self. This is not something that is needing a conspiracy, which is what 4D and anyone in the middle with the spiritual stuff keep on using. 
when they use the word source or self without explaining it to you. So this way, right frontal temporal area, the biological center of the self. Learn neuropsychology, if anything, and go learn from neurologists, good ones. Patrick McNamara, he's a great one. He's actively doing research by his book, Religion, and I don't remember what else, but I have the title. So most people choose fear because they can make up a good story when they're in their loop thinking because their biochemistry is in fear. They are are defective in their minds they think shame is a real thing they will have shamelessly felt and then continue to feel shame because of doing things that then add to guilt so shame shameless and guilty there you go it's a perfect uh, blend of i am ashamed of myself i'm guilty because i did things i didn't do this I didn't, i'm ashamed the shame and they just stay in this sphere of loneliness it's an own mental prison there is a way out. It means taking up your hands and saying, I'm not the biggest mistake ever, and I'm not defective. I am an imperfect human with flaws and imperfections like anybody else. And I recognize that I have made mistakes because I'm afraid or was afraid to love, or I'm still afraid of love, or I'm afraid of failure, or you know, I have doubt of myself. I have fear thinking. It's a thing that exists. I don't need to sit in these I'm neurotypical or neuroatypical or let me define myself as a sociopath narcissist. Let me go and use my DMS-5 whatever and let me go and be a victim of myself. The entire psychology community is learning how to try and allow people to not identify and to understand that your attachment category, your charge states, having feelings that are within a window of tolerance are normal shame cycle is normal this imposter syndrome stuff is normal inner critic is normal being a human is normal you know it's <laughs> and i'm saying it this way because i was a child and again i'm like uh i didn't know perfection was on the menu since i'm not one and i've been told it a million times <laughs> doesn't make me feel defective in fact, like I said, I don't know this shame thing in any way, shape, or form. I don't know human suffering, but I do know people who have told me about it. And I know how they've used it and how they've masked it and how they keep on masking it. And how their rigid-ass leaders help them to keep masking it because they tell them that emotions aren't important and that they need not explore compassion. No, they're not listening to the good educators because they're listening to the ones who look strong because they want to look strong because they don't feel strong because that's what clowns do. They put on masks and they think of themselves as strong and they don't recognize that if they really were, they would be able to be very easygoing people. And then they'd also be compassionate people. And that's not only with their loved ones, it's with all of human beings. So the idea that technology is here as a weapon that is not productive is a silly thing. And it's only of those who are wanting to go back to Tarzan land. And the ones who refuse to understand that organic material, we always have known of its expiry date because anyone with the basics of biology would know about cells and how they work and how they decompose and about a little bit of what is that word entropy or whatever the word is. So it is what it is that people don't get out of their small circles of knowledge and they just stick to stereotypes and myths and all that is not something that, you know, us educated people can do besides try. Like the guy who says, 
you know, we use 100% of our brain. It's unbelievable that there's still so many people, even ones with degrees, that use this myth that we only use 10%. I'm like, you rock on, man. Let's spread the word. Like with the whole left-right brain, we use both. We're not more dominant one or the other. That you may not utilize the right mode. This is where it's based on how you emotionally feel. And yeah, most people that cannot be compassionate beyond a reason don't know how to use their right mode effectively yet because they don't know how to be full-on grown-ups. So they don't know how love works. And that's because they've chosen fear. And fear equals shame, blame, fault, revenge, and excuses and stories of how they can reprogram themselves and change who they are and become better versions. And again, the love cycle people are only the self of us in constant expansion. So the more we build our future self, we really are always constantly building ourself because we are already the essence of life as we know our names and we know we're human beings and human beings are made in a imperfect, flawed way the social emotion of shame does not belong to us because we don't feel ashamed of being imperfect. We don't have a inner critic, outer critic. We have an inner growth mindset and we actually know we will that thought. And the emotions are ours to work with from our ventral vagal nerve. We know how to bring that oxytocin gene hormone on because we're in a body that is ours that our mind will be aware of. Masculine mind, feminine body. Oh, wait, my heart's broken. Oh, that's right. This person, they did this thing to me. Well, they didn't really do this thing. This thing kind of happened. They lied. Yeah, they lied. Well, whose emotions are they? They're mine. Who can manage them? I can. Can they do something different? They just lied. Does that mean they're going to do it again? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe. Can they do anything about the emotion if they don't lie? No. Is anything going to change from what they just did? No. Are we going to notice if they're going to lie again? Oh, I'm sure that they, they will if they lie again. You know, lies have short legs, so it's okay. And, oh yeah, it's not deadly because there's no physical weapon in their hand. Them lying just shows me they don't know how to say the truth, which means they don't know how to be themselves, which means they don't know how to be a grown-up and take ownership of their mouth or their actions or anything. So I actually am not going to use my time in their brain space or whatever. I'm not going to take their word for it. I'll let them speak because in time, they'll let me in on the little fun fact that I can mean zero to them or that I mean something to them, or that I don't, it's not really a big deal. What do they mean to me? They're my friend. I love them. Good. Okay. Keep moving forward. Very simple. We don't actually impose how to uh, be in our life once we've chosen that we love you. You know, it's, it's love forever, not just one time. And just because you need to do something for us, that, that's not how love works. That's the other thing. So yeah, we choose love, the love cycle people. The other cycle people know. So my friend, when they came back around, they apologized for their assholeish behavior. We laughed together. And I said, you know, I love you. You're my friend. And don't treat me like this. You knew what you were doing. And they, again, did not take us for granted, even though I did yell at them again because what happened as we became friends during that major shift, um, they did not want certain clairs to become active. And I said, don't worry, you don't have to activate if this is not an area that you are uh, looking to explore. I understand 
then they said, I don't want to be different, more different than I am. So here's defective shame cycle again. They spoke the words, I don't want to be more different than I already am. It scares me and I just want to be like everybody else. And that's where I said, you can be like everybody else. Don't worry, just ignore it. It'll go away because that's how it works. And I let them in on a little secret because there are people that I know who have refused their clairs. They've actually rejected it. Some have done it automatically because you don't need to do rituals. Others have done rituals and they shut it down. So the part about uh, what took place following was that they didn't let me in on the fact that they don't believe in a God, they don't believe in any spiritual stuff, they don't believe in spirituality, and I'm like, dude, I talk to you about this all the time, why don't you tell me shit, I, why am I wasting our time together, and that was because of me letting them in on, don't do political correctness with me, because what they had done way back when was basically treat me like this formal person versus the friend that we are, and friends that we are, and that is what, because all they had to do when they had first started dating this woman was say, I don't have time for you. We're not going to see each other because I want to just fuck my girlfriend and be with her. That was all. I would have been happy. What they did was something completely different. And then they did it again. But here's where in that instance, too, what I realized was people don't know how to speak their truth because they keep choosing to shy away in fear instead of saying something to a person. Why? Because you fear rejection. What if she won't love me anymore? What if she won't be my friend anymore? What if she, versus saying, hey, let's talk about something that we both like, which is actually something normal in my book. But that's because when you choose to be okay with being imperfect, you don't hide shit from people that you love. You tell them how you think and that's it. So that's what true confidence is it's you being able to tell someone with by the way compassion and respect when you meet grown-ups we don't actually have to argue about the things we believe in think of feel no we are allowed to share who we are when we're around people who need us to basically accept who they are uh, that's another story which i'm not going to get into right now so it's nice to see some people with their eyes at the at the very least peeking out and to know that technology will support people to have well-being in their body at least a little bit because apparently doing the true spirituality process for people is not something uh, easy a lot of spiritual bypassers because they do yoga meditation i see them all over the place and a lot of uh, egoic people who think they know everything and they don't actually update their curriculums on a lot of topics and they spread very unfortunately other information that doesn't allow people to move out of their own human suffering but hey who are we to say that they are not uh so choosing fear very easy it's masked by anger it's masked by egos that look very grandiose and they actually will present themselves as that the ones who have the limits they don't actually present anything and the ones who sit in crocodile tears they just regret the rest of their life and pretend something more and really uh, they might as well not pretend it's very sad to know that people pretend like i said many many times again and again this is why the enlightenment soul age group we don't find it very interesting to hear about the stories of where people will have realized they fucked up and then they go out to the mountain and now oh 
let me die. This is a very bullshit way to go because you just did shame again. So instead of actually getting into your life, you now choose to hide away. So this is not taking ownership. You did half of what you could have done to take full and true ownership, which is actually then that redemption, if you will. But even that's not necessary. The thing about life is that you don't live it for others. You live it for yourself. And that's where when you actually live it for yourself in a way that is because you care about humanity, you live it for all, which is why you would never give up on life or people. You'd never talk about there has to be sacrifice. That's you giving up on the ability to use what is your brain. We don't give up on using our brain because we are creators. That's what an enlightenment soul, a true person is. We do not stop at a belief system. In fact, we go way beyond it. So when we move into what is science again and again and again, we don't become robots. No, no, no. That's a belief system. That's a story. We hear the data and we add it up as data, not a story, data. And so when I see people, I'm reprogramming. I'm the, I know exactly what they found. They found the middle way to help themselves get unbroken. So they still think they're broken and leave, leave it alone. We don't meddle with states of consciousness automatically. It ain't even on purpose. The only time we actually insist on anything is to try and dissolve shame by letting people know, I see you and I love you exactly for how you are. That is the only thing we will actually fight for is for actual love and letting people know that they are loved no matter what. And if there's one thing that you know from any type of fight like that is that you will lose because people choose fear. Because that's the one time and the one moment that shame gets again and again and again to be seen as not something defective. A person's not defective and for that person and those people that refute it to come up with some other way that they're going to respond, which is, no, I am defective and you're wrong. And let me tell you how, and let me do something again and again and again so that I can just keep on pushing that same button in order to avoid letting myself know that I'm not defective because to do that would mean actually going to my heart and recognizing this feeling that the infant will have brought all the way up to whenever it is a person can get out of this shame cycle. This is how horrible it is for people to be in this shame cycle. So it's understandable that they will choose fear. I understand it. That's why, again, the spirituality stories, man, they suck. Because all they do is basically give in to shame. When, when I hear those stories, I just, um, I'm like, yeah, it's actually not that hard to figure out you're imperfect. If you were an actual human being grown up, you would know because you'd be like, dude, stop, stop with the ego. What is this? Is this a pity party over here? What are you doing? So this word defective, if you actually move into grown-up land, you would tell yourself this is bullshit word. The only people who actually don't see it this way, it's because they don't feel it this way. That's the same people that choose fear and they mask it with a bunch of other stories. And they go say, no, no, people have to change. People don't have to change. They need to become aware that when they are in their adaptive children, they're emotionally in their biological rudeness and they're not tending to themselves as human beings, that they're not consciously tending to what can be structural dissociation, what can be shame, blame, fault, revenge cycles, that they're not tending to their self-doubt and their unwanted thoughts 
94% of people have unwanted thoughts. This is ridiculously high, and these are statistics from, I don't know where Tara Brock got it, but I'm sure it's somewhere reliable. Sadhguru can spell out all he wants about how psychology, don't, want, don't worry, don't worry. Yoga will only go so far because people move into spiritual bypassing. The minute I've seen them do yoga, I see them all over the place. Now they think they're high and mighty because they have taken on the art of yoga and meditation. When you see a human being who's compassionate towards all 8 billion people, and you will know it because they will have nothing but words of kindness and love and say, look, you think people need to change? Let me let you in on the little fun fact that human beings are awesome and that what they want to do is work with themselves. So the psychoeducators, they use the word change because they work with the people with the defectiveness. I get it. They peel away the layers. So yeah, of course, for them, they've changed because they've lived, depending on how old they are, a buttload of years with a lot of things that don't have anything to do with their truth. And finally, as they uncover it, they're like, yes, I have changed. So I get it. I'm not on that other end because I've never changed. I'm the same pure loving heart I've always been. More than just love, I actually have gained a buttload of knowledge that gives me the ability to say evil doesn't exist. I knew it. I knew it as a kid, and now I have confirmation. And what I also know is that people do choose fear because their defectiveness shame cycle is something very painful for them to ever remotely look at in their own heart. So it will be so painful that they will choose to not go there. And they will create so many different ways. So human suffering, it is a thing that most people think is forever. And thank goodness technology is here because at the very least, technology will help them get out of it. And the drugs that people want to use will also help people. And I know the spirituality process is freaking awesome. I have experience with it. The Enlightenment Soul Age Group, I'm happy to walk all of my lovely IHP community who want to move into Enlightenment Soul Age Group down that path if you ever do. I definitely love Sadhguru for being there and doing the same and any other of those people who are trying to do this because being able to tap into your infinite higher human consciousness potential is a very wonderful thing. And it's easy. It's easy because you don't actually have to stay stuck in your temporal junction it's not easy for the ones who have structural brain stuff that goes on okay so it's easy means people who understand how unresolved trauma or just trauma works can understand the path to get out of hell with a good somatic sensory motor trauma expert or with good mentors with good coaches with people i make myself very accessible and have a list of somatic sensory motor and trauma experts handy and there's plenty that offer services for free. There's plenty of people who care actually about mental health. We don't turn our backs on any human being on the face of this planet, none of them, because every person is able to move into a better well-being, integration of the mind, restorative embodied self. It's all physically possibly possible and a possibility, and it doesn't have to involve any belief system, yoga, or Buddhism, no, mindfulness is not a religion, FYI, it's you being able to use your mind, but hey, guess what, I am getting my mind sight, interpersonal neurobiology certificate, so for those who don't like the word mindfulness, I get to use mind sight, which is even better than mindfulness, and there you go, it's a way that you use your mind, but also we have the inner growth mindset alone, mind, that's what it is, with the body though, and understanding the window of tolerance, so you don't need to do exercises 
because yoga is a portfolio of ventral vagal toning. You can learn about it. You can call it a different word. The scientific community is using exercises, but they can explain it to you and explain everything of why it works or doesn't work. So there's plenty of ways people can be educated about why they can move out of this suffering, this fear, this thing that is really a neural wiring plus a physiological way that your body managed to keep you safe. The part about the compulsive behavior and those activities, those can be disengaged also. It's your will, it's your life. So making up excuses, that is what people use and they do. That's the crocodile tears. It reminds me of a lot of different stories I won't get into. So yes, choosing love, easy for some, most choose fear. And those of us who choose love are standing here for anyone who wants to change their mind and live a better life because they can become compassionate beyond reason. And that's just something that you will learn to be in if you do the journey. So looking forward to hearing from you. Have a great day.